0: good morning everyone jim laird joining you live from the hilton hotel in downtown managua uh, otherwise known as the princess hotel it is the nicest uh, hotel in nicaragua in managua Um, i believe the only four or five star hotel and it's less than a hundred dollars a night so that's nice um after my insane trip i figured i would take a couple days here in Managua. I got in late, late Friday night, uh, like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, which actually worked out to my advantage. I'll get into that in a minute. Um, I got in late uh, Friday night and I figured, I was hoping to get in earlier on Friday, but it just didn't work out that way. I have some business I need to take care of at the Canadian Embassy in Managua. So I figured instead of driving all the way to Grand Pacifica and then having to come back to Managua, I would just stay and get rested for a couple days uh, here in Managua, since it's so cheap. Um, I would do that and then go go to the Canadian embassy Monday morning and then drive out to Grand Pacifica. And then I didn't want to get into Grand Pacifica really late um, because it's, it's there's not a lot of people there. There's one security guard and who knows, like getting into my place and all that sort of thing. I wanted to roll in uh, during the day, where it's a lot easier to get help, where to go? It's a it's a really big property, so um, yeah. And I wanted to make sure the guy that I'm renting from is available to help me get get rolled in. So I figured I'd stay here for a couple of days. There's a gym right across the street. I'm gonna go work out. It's Sunday today, and uh, I'm gonna go lift. Get a lift in, and uh, it's been great. The pool. I'm out here by the pool. The pool is incredible. This is the, it's a big pool, and it's a essentially the whole pool is a cold plunge. I mean, it's probably, I'd say probably six, maybe 60 degrees, um, but it it feels even colder because it's so hot, but it's, I've, I've never seen uh, a pool this big, be like a cold plunge essentially. So I got in there yesterday. I was like, whoa, you know, maybe it's a little warm. Maybe I don't know what the temperature is exactly, but it feels like a cold plunge, especially with how hot it is here. Um, the sun is very intense. Uh, and I spent a lot of time outside yesterday walking around. And uh, when it came time for bed, I was ready for bed. When, the, when you have that much intense sun during the day, and when it's time to go to sleep, you go to sleep. And so um, I ended up getting in f- late Friday night. Uh, the, the Honduran border was an absolute nightmare. Like, I mean, nightmare. Um, you know, I showed up early there. Uh, I didn't get on the road. I stayed a couple days, uh, at a place that allowed dogs to kind of get myself resettled after my, my crazy trip through El Salvador and Guatemala, which I essentially did in a 24 hour period nonstop. So I wanted to take, uh, I wanted to take a couple days to reset and, and, and get myself in a better place, uh, which I'm glad I did. So I didn't end up leaving as early as i'd like to but it ended up working out to my advantage uh the honduran border is chaos uh, one of the things that's about these borders that are so confusing even for the locals is they're not labeled very well like there's no real signs that tell you exactly where you need to go and so i used a helper which was good these these guys are really they call them fixers they're really aggressive and they're they kind of have a kickback deal with the border agents so if you're not careful, you can really get ripped off on the front end. I got ripped off a little bit. I paid to overpaid a little bit, but you know, it was worth it because he got me to the front of the line. He got all the work done for me. I was standing in line to get my stamp on my, on my passport. And he went around and got my vehicle taken care of. He got my dog taken care of. He got all that stuff done for me. He did a couple extra things that he didn't need to do to get more money out of me, which is fine. Uh but I kind of learned that and I was like, okay. And then he, he basically said, like, I'm going to have my guy help you on the other border, which the other border, the Honduran border, the exiting, when you come in, you need to get a tip for your vehicle. You need to get one. You have to get exiting El Salvador was really easy. Uh, well, it wasn't really easy. I had a problem with my vehicle, but I just ignored that because I'm not going back into El Salvador. So you get an exit stamp on your passport. You cancel your tip. And then you just move on to the next country where you need a new tip. You need, um, uh, in Guatemala, you need a tip for your vehicle. And there was a fee for that. And then you need, that wasn't Guatemala, Honduras. Thank you. Honduras. They didn't search my vehicle at all. Guatemala. They ripped my vehicle apart. Um, they, the lines were, I mean, there was 500 people in line. And so he did get me to the front of the line. Uh, I got a lot of really nasty glares. Uh, But I did get a lot of help from people standing in line. They were very nice. Um, But I went to the front, I got to the front of the line, but it still took like an hour to get my, my passport stamped. And then he basically gave me all my papers and got me through. And then of course he's like, well, you, I, you know, I asked him up front, like, what's your price? And he kept, he kept ignoring what's your price, what's your price, what's your price. And so he got me through, I ended up paying him a little more than I wanted to. That's totally fine. I'd have probably been there for eight hours if it wasn't for him. So, um, that's fine. He, you know, he's just trying to make a living. That's the way I look at it. So, that was an absolute nightmare. The Honduran border was the worst so far. So I go through Honduras. I get through Honduras. Um, the roads, eh, they're okay. Not the worst. Not the best. Um, it was a really short drive to Nicaragua. I will say, you know, people say the Nicaraguan border is the worst. Um, well, I had some luck, too. Um, on the way out, the, the guy that he came up and started banging on my window, you know, James, James. And he's like, I'll help you. I said, what's your price? He's all $60. And I'm like, $60. All I have to do is get a stamp and get my tip canceled. And they're right in the same building. I had done the research online. And so I go in there, I get those done. He's following me around. I think, no, 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 you need to, you need to get your dog canceled and, and you need to get photocopy. And I looked at the lady and, and I said, is this true? And she looked down first. So she basically acknowledged that she's about to lie. And then she looked up at him and then looked back at me and said, see, see. So he took me over to the vet guy and he stamped the, my vet thing, which I didn't need. And then he said, you need copy. He looked at him and I looked at him. I said, I don't need a copy. And he looked down again and he looked at him and the guy's like copy. And so I was like, no, no. So I go outside and, um, he basically, um, he basically, uh, was trying to get me to go get more photocopies to give to this guy, which was going to cost me more money. So I just said, no, I gave the guy $20 for helping, which he didn't help. He was trying to rip me off. And then I drove to the exit of Guatemala where there was a a official there making sure I had everything I needed to exit and to give me a Nicaraguan, um, thing. And this is the first time, um, the first time I actually got, and I think what it was is I didn't pay the fixer. So he told the guy to harass me. And so he was giving me crap about my temporary passport. And, and, and finally, I, you know, I showed him that I was picking up my real passport. So this is the first time anybody's given me any pushback on my temporary passport. I have an emergency passport from Canada, which is good for a year. And I'm exchanging it in Monagua. So I showed him the paperwork and then he asked for the registration for my vehicle. And finally he looked at me and he smiled and he laughed and and he gave me my thing and he stamped and he said, he said something to the point of, thank you for keeping your cool. This was a test to see how you would do. And, and he's like, you win. So bye. So, <laughs> Uh, On to Nicaragua I go which was really weird it was this he he pointed to where to go and I went before then I got actually stopped I, I, I the, the most police I didn't get stopped by the police anywhere in any country every country actually the police came up to me and started asking me questions just casually at a gas station. They'd be like from Florida, and they'd be asking me where are you going, and then I'd tell them, and they say, okay, you know, be safe, don't stop here. Like they were very helpful and very nice. Like I never had any problems with the police at all. There was a couple times I was followed by cars with flashing lights, but they weren't—they weren't police. So you know, I was a couple times, and I'm on these windy roads. I'm like, do I pull over? What do I do? I just kept driving. I figured it was the police; they would you know have their sound on or whatever. But sometimes it was an ambulance. Sometimes it was just cars that have flashing lights on them. So when in doubt, keep driving. And you can always play the dumb, the dumb gringo card, which I did a lot. Honduras, I got stopped at checkpoints like six or seven times going through the country. And um, one time I got stopped by this really attractive uh, Honduran uh, officer. And uh, she was really giving me a hard time. Like, where are you going? She was being very aggressive. She was uh, uh, the most like the, the most difficulty I would had, had with was with female officials, uh, the i got the female the guy who is my my handler my fixer in uh in basically in guatemala when they searched me and they made me take the the box off my my roof down um they said oh you got the female <laughs> and she came out and she was nice but she was very demanding and she made me unpack my entire vehicle um she's very insistent um I gave her a couple of compliments and then all of a sudden her attitude changed a little bit and then she became very helpful. I handed her down all the stuff off the roof and then she basically helped me. Um, After that, she helped me avoid getting ripped off even more by the fixers. She told me you only need to do this, this and this. You don't need to do anything else. You're good. You you go because she could kind of tell this guy was trying to take advantage of me. So she actually helped me she was really difficult at first. Well, this officer was really attractive. She made me pull over the side of the road. She started questioning me. She started asking me all sorts of different things and it wasn't going well. And then she had her nails done in like the fancy nail stuff. And I just was like, you know, let's, uh, let's try a little different approach here. So I basically wrote in the translator, like, I really like your nails. They're really pretty. And I showed it to her and she looked at me and she almost melted. She started giggling and smiling. And She's like, Thank you so much. I, I'm really glad you noticed them. And then she said a couple more things and she says, Have a really nice day. Thank you for making my day and sent me on my way. So I was like, Well, <laughs> you know, it wasn't going well. So I figured I'd pull out the the, the you know a little flirtation there, and that actually really worked. And she was her attitude totally changed after that. So it was really interesting to see that. And then I and then I went to Honduras to exit and uh <clears throat> or then I, then I went from El Salvador to exit into Honduras and that's where, you know, the nightmare began and Honduras was the worst border of all, uh, of all of them. So in this, you've just got to understand, you've got to be patient. You've got to not lose your cool. It's going to be difficult. It's unorganized. A lot of it's unorganized on purpose. So you, they can get money out of you, essentially. Um, all these workers at the border, particularly Guatemala, Honduras, um, not so much El Salvador, are there because they're making more money for them and for the border people. Because I imagine they don't get paid a lot, so there I, I understand it's you know I don't it's not I don't think it personally. So Nicaragua was supposed to be the worst border ever. I found it was the, the best organized, and I also had a gift from God too. After the Honduran nightmare, I was driving down the road. I was like, Lord, you know, if if this is where I'm meant to be, could you please make this last border easier? And he answered my my request. I pull in. It's very well organized. It's clear where you park. I came in um, on the border to the west. The Guatemala, the the the, Hun, the Honduran border and the Nicaragua border on the other side, it's more eastern. They said is bad because it's all outside. But I came in late. I was like, okay. So it was like 7, 8 o'clock at night. And I was like, this is either going to go really good or really bad. There was nobody there. There was only a two, few people there. Everything's in... One building in a line, whereas a lot of the other countries, you have to like get a stamp here and drive two kilometers down the road, get a photocopy, come back. I mean, that's why the fixers are needed because you, you, they go do that for you. You don't want to have to do that yourself. And then they par- they park the you park the car and then they watch your car for you. Um, so I mean, it's it, it's it's set up to, for extortion, but the Nicaraguan border is not, and there's no fixers on the Nicaraguan side at all. And the Nicaraguan officials were very nice. They were the most polite out of any of the officials and the most professional out of any of the officials that I had gone through. Um, they were very kind and very understanding. And they, they most of them were laughing at me trying to understand what they were trying to say. So I go into the first line, which is basically enter your information, who you are, why you're here. And then you go to the next line, which is basically pay your $12 or $13 to get into the country. And then you go to the next line, which is basically inspection of your vehicle. Um, When I was in line to pay, a gentleman walks up to me and goes, I can help you. And I said, that would be great. He says, I, I'm from Nicaragua and I went to school in America and I went to America and I didn't know any English. I knew hello, goodbye, thank you. And where's the bathroom? And that's essentially, well, I'm a little beyond that, but. That's essentially where I am. So this guy and his wife is Honduran. Um, they stayed with me through the whole process. Like didn't and I tried to pay him. He actually got my number from him. I'm gonna bring him out to Grand Pacifica and 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 pay until I told him I would put him up at Grand Pacifica for a weekend for him and his wife. He literally stayed with me the entire process. It took about two and a half hours, and he went window to window with me and helped me. And he's like, I know what it's like to be in another country where you don't speak the language. And he says, I'm going to help you because people helped me when I was in America. And it was, it was, I was like, oh my, here's my sign from heaven. So I go and we go to get the inspection and I'm freaked out because I've got some, I've got some prescription drugs with me. I've got, you know, tons of computer equipment and I've heard nightmares. We go out and, um, It was really weird, the stuff that they were really concerned over. Well, they didn't really know much about my battery bank. So they made me declare that. They made me declare the battery bank and we put like a low value on it. I have two battery banks. They got really weirded out by a folding table and they made me declare that too. And a folding camping chair, that, and then they made me declare my laptop. They didn't search everything, but they picked out several bags to search. And one of them was, was was one where I had prescription, my HRT stuff in, and I was worried about them kind of freaking out about that. It went through the scanner, nothing, no problem. I didn't even look a blink an eye. I had two suitcases. One of them was full of supplements. They didn't even blink an eye at that. Um, they flagged my workout bag, and they wanted me to take the steel ramps out. I have the steel ramps to squat on. And they were like, what are these? And I stood on them and I started doing squats and they started laughing. And they were like, oh, macho, you know, workout gym. And so they're all there laughing. And then, um, and then, well, the dog helped me too. They are scared to death of pit bulls. So I said, a petero, you know, the petero, they got a dog, right? And so, okay, the pedro. So I opened the door and they go, oh, pit bull. And so they all jumped back. And so they were fascinated with my fridge that I had in the, in the vehicle. They made me declare that. So when I leave the country, I have to bring those items with me or I'll have to pay a tax on them. I'll have to figure out. I have to leave every 90 days to get my until I become a resident. Um, So we'll figure it all out. But um, then we went and took care of the dog and I had to bring the dog in to be inspected. And everyone was like, literally, people were grabbing their children and running to the walls. And Rommel's just sitting there wagging his tail. And, you know, and the officials like, that's okay. I seen enough. I seen enough. And I was like, so I bring the dog back to the car. I get my stuff back in the car. I get the car checked out, and um, we uh, we go to exit and the um, dog car. It was all in a line, all indoor air conditioning, which is phenomenal. Do not cross into Nicaragua on the with from. Don't go Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua. You definitely want to go through uh, El Salvador. Honduras is a nightmare. I mean, absolute nightmare. The worst border of all of them. And then um, after that, it was really weird. I had to buy uh, Nicaraguan car insurance, which was like $12 for a month. And um, so it was. I wouldn't have found it on my own. So he, he drove in, and it was a little shack on the side of the road in a little village. It was just a lady sitting there with her baby uh, with a receipt book. And I gave her $12. She signed it and gave it back to me, and that was it. I was on my way. So I went, and basically I drove... It was about two hours from the border to Managua. I had decided early in the day I was going to stay at the Hilton just to kind of rest. I rolled into, into Managua about 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. And the the roads were really good, uh, the best roads I've seen so far, except for about, uh, about a 50-mile stretch where there were some massive, massive holes. But other than that, it was great, and there was nobody on the road. Like, everything shuts down in Nicaragua early, so I had plenty of gas, which was good. I had to stop. There was a twenty-four hour convenience store. I had to get some little bit of, teeny bit of caffeine to help me finish because I, you know, I was exhausted at that point. So I took a little bit of caffeine in, and got it moving around. And I made the made the drive, and I got here to Nicaragua. Um, the, checked into the Princess, great hotel. I mean, it's, it's really nice. Um, I mean, it's so cheap compared to the U.S. I mean, everything is half the price so staying even here at the hotel eating at the restaurants the average meal cost me like twenty dollars you know so um and Managua's is Managua is nice it's, i mean it's just like most central american cities there's a lot of trash but i mean everything's gated they've got armed security everywhere but i mean it should be like that in chicago san francisco anyways there should be armed security everywhere keeping things in check <clears throat> so i mean you feel you feel really safe because i mean there's tons of of, of that kind of stuff so um if you're going to do this trip, one, be patient. Two, understand you're going to get ripped off. Just try to limit that and be careful. Don't be an asshole because if you're an asshole, those fixers know the border border agents and they can make your life miserable. And they know the police probably too. So don't be an ass. If you do get ripped off, you know, handle it however you want to handle it. But I looked at it like, you know what? If I pay an extra fifty hundred dollars to make my life easier. That's fine <clears throat> because you don't want to be run over. I was not by any means easy to deal with. I mean, I, I argued with him a little bit in a polite way, but in the end that I, I paid him, except the guy going into um, Nicaragua, the Honduran exit guy, I only gave him 20 bucks because it's like, look, dude, you're trying to rip me off. And I'm not, I'm, I've already been ripped off once today. I'm not going to get ripped off again, but you don't know who they know. <clears throat> they might know police and you could end up getting really harassed. So even if you do uh, end up paying a little, just just expect to pay more than than you'd think. Every, if you go in with that attitude that you're, you're, the system is kind of rigged uh, and you just kind of accept that, um, you, this is not the place to take a stand. You kind of have to accept the rules and way things are, especially since you're coming in from another country. <clears throat> That's the one thing about Nicaragua too is like, very clear, do not get involved in the politics because you will get run over. And from what I've seen, I I don't really have any problems with the politics of what I've seen so far and from what I've heard from other people. They pretty much leave you alone if you just keep your nose clean and you don't take jobs from the NIKAS, okay? From the Nicaraguan people. They'll let you do pretty much whatever you want as long as you don't speak out publicly against the government and as long as you don't take jobs from Nicaraguans, they leave you be, which I am totally fine with um so you don't move here to be a political activist you move here to mind your business and you move here because there's more more freedom as far as your ability to make choices and they just don't have the technology to run your life or control your life like they do in the united states with the click of a button they can close your bank account they can't do that here so that's essentially the trade-off you're making but overall, I love the trip. It was a blast. I met a lot of great people. I got to talk, but it's really weird. Like yesterday, there's a big mall, the biggest mall in Nicaragua is across the way. And I went across and I walked through the mall. And it was really interesting because a lot of the people were like staring at me or pointing at me. Um, you know, there was a lot of that, like big gringo with tattoos uh they're like they just don't know what to deal with me there was a lot of people staring there was a lot of people would look at me and kind of glare at me and i would say bonus dias or hello gracias and then they would kind of smile and 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 uh, a couple people came up and, and said hello and started talking to me but most people just didn't know what to do with me there's not a lot of gringos or expats in managua because it's a big city most of the expats move like San de Sur or to Grand Pacifica where I am, near the ocean. They go to Lyon. Um, there's not a lot of expats here because I'm so I'm the minority here in a big, big way. And so I just try to be as friendly as I can. I say hello to everyone, even if they don't say hello to me. Uh I had to go to the ATM yesterday right next to the hotel. I had Rommel with me, and there was dogs in, in the ATM area, and they were all come, there's like four or five of them, and they were all coming up to me barking. And the security guy came over and got them all away, and I thanked him. Um, he was very helpful. So uh, the so far the, Nicar- the Nicaraguan people have been the best out of all the people I've dealt with on my way down here. Um, road wise, the Mex- Mexico, uh, El Salvador, Mexico and El Salvador had good roads. Nicaragua has good roads. Uh, the road to Grand Pacifica is a little rough, but the the main roads going in Managua are good. Guatemala roads are horrible. The Honduran roads are decent uh Guatemala is by far the worst roads that I had to deal with um and the worst traffic by far Guatemala I did it at night so I could get through it and coming into Nicaragua was great at night cuz there was no one no one on the roads I was there by myself and it was I could take my time I wasn't in a rush you know I didn't have big 18 wheelers like rolling down on me everything closes here early when the sun goes down things close things are not open late maybe some of the bars and stuff but that's it Overall, it was a great trip. Obviously, you know, a charter would have been much better. But you know what? I'm glad I got to experience this once. And uh, I'm glad I'm able to share my experiences with other people. And um, I tell you what, it, it's a once-in-a-lifetime trip. I I, I wouldn't want to do it again. If I had to do it again, I would. But it's just, you got to understand, it's going to be disorganized, it's going to be chaotic, and it's not going to be take it's not going to be like, it's going to take time. And if you go into it with that attitude, you'll be totally fine. But if you're impatient, if you get upset easily, do not, do not do it. And if you aren't somebody that can focus, highly focus while you're driving for long periods of time, don't do it. You cannot be on your phone. You cannot be distracted. You have to be 100% in the moment and it's exhausting. So you're going to want to have to take like little breaks so that you don't, you know, wear out. And, and so, um, I'm in the process now of recovering from my trip because it kicked my ass, <laughs> particularly that, 24 hour period where I drove straight. Um, but in the end it was all worth it. Rommel was a, tr- was a trooper. Um, you know, I had to leave him in the car with the car running for hours at times. And, uh, that's just the way it rolls with the air conditioning on. So he wouldn't overheat, but overall, it was a good experience. I'm glad it's over with. And now uh, now on to uh, onto the beach. I'm really excited for that. Uh, make sure you get on our email list. Um, I think this week's, let me look it up. This week's, I uh, should have looked it up before, but I didn't. Thank you for tuning in, by the way. We love having you on here. Um, this is actually going to stream live on Instagram from now on too, which is really cool. So this week's uh, lesson or webinar is Gut Health Secrets. So we're getting into Gut Health Secrets. That's on the 21st at 10 a.m. We will be sending out an email with the registration for that this week. So get on our email list. Go to stillmanwellness.com. Get on our email list for that. We're doing Gut Health Secrets, the secrets to your gut health. And then this, fr- this uh, Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern, uh we're gonna have Christopher Summers, uh it's Christopher Summer of Gymnastics Bodies, former US uh Olympic gymnastics coach and I are gonna talk about the law lost art of physical preparation. And that's gonna be pretty, pretty awesome. So I hope you have a great Monday. Uh this is obviously recorded on a Sunday. Um, because I've got some business I need to take care of at the Canadian Embassy at the time of the live. And, uh, tomorrow you'll be, we'll be joining you unless I have some sort of complication with internet, uh, we'll be joining you from my, from my tiny home, uh, on the beach in Nicaragua at Grand Pacifica. And if you're interested in hanging out with Dr. Stillman and I, there's still some space available for that. That's actually January 6th. Um, you can email me if you'd like to learn more about that. Jim Laird at Stillman wellness or Jim Laird at StillmanMD.com is my email address. So you can email me there or you can, you know, write a, write a message in the comments that you're interested in our retreat. You're going to get to have a whole week with Dr. Stillman and I with like tons of one-on-one attention at one of the most beautiful surfing resorts in the world. And you will, you'll love it. And airfare from, from Miami to Nicaragua is pretty cheap. So, um, it's a, it's a great, great time. So, uh, we look forward, hopefully you'll, you'll come on down, give yourself a, a late Christmas present and hang out with Dr. Stillman and I and get tons of attention from us. So, That being said, I hope you guys have a great day. Um, If you have any questions about my adventures down here, I'd be happy to answer them for you. And uh, take care. Make sure you take time to get outside today.